fisting, fighting, fucking crying, drinking, squirting, judging, ranting, camping, riding, thinking, scheming. This is the way, it's the way that we live, it's the way that we live. And I, oh, 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 oh. Hi, I'm Reese. And I'm Carly. And this is Jael back. back. I don't know if we did it at the same time since there's a delay. <laughs> we'll never know again since Who we're knows? just going to be pod um, people forever. Hi. Oh, yeah. So this is an autostraddle podcast where we recap episodes of The L Word one at a time forever and ever. Yep. Me and Carly talking about The L Word, which you could watch on Hulu. Hi, everyone. We're pod people now. <laughs> Hi, welcome we, to, to Ellen Back in the time of COVID-19. <laughs> <laughs> we are again recording on video chat because we're socially yes. isolated. We are socially distancing from each other and from everyone else because that is what you should be doing. But we could not possibly imagine leaving all of our beautiful listeners hanging in such an important time as the beginning <laughs> of season four. Look, right, we all got so through season three, and the reward is now we get season four. Which is already bananas. Yeah. Today, we are triumphantly starting season four. Congratulations to everyone who made it through season three, but especially me and Reese. <laughs> <laughs> Just a big round of applause for us. I'm going to clap for us. We did it. We did it. We did it. I'm patting myself and on the back it was right funny. Now. I thought it was pretty funny. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. So today we've got episode 401, which is called Legend and the Making. It was written by Eileen Chaikin, directed by Bronwyn Hughes. Um, Bronwyn previously directed the Lobster Dinner episode, you might recall. <laughs> and this originally aired on January 7th, 2007. So do you remember where you watched this premiere? I do. Mm -hmm. Do you want me to go first? Okay. Yes. So... There was a party, like a premiere party by, I think I was probably Go Magazine was involved in some way in Showtime. And so like me and all my friends went, the costume of the day was red and black. Because remember how we used to always do like a costume of the day for mm -hmm. parties and stuff. So we all were red and black. And uh, Jennifer Beals was there and Eileen Shaken and Marley Matlin were there also. And I guess we got drunk. I don't really remember it very well. <laughs> But that's that's where I first <laughs> saw this piece of shit episode. Yeah. 2007, beginning of the year, I was still living in Florida. So I probably went to the L Word season four premiere party, which was probably sponsored by HRC and was probably <laughs> at Pulse. Was Pulse open in 2007? I think it was open. This might have been held at Pulse, if I remember correctly. I can I honestly probably figure it out if I go deep dive. <laughs> but uh, in Orlando at Pulse, I think is probably where I watched this episode with my friends. Uh, January 7th, 2007 is the date, is the date in question. It sure is. Reese, are you ready uh, to get into this? Oh my God, I'm so ready. I'm so ready. Here we go. We open <laughs> with a seascape. We, There's like, we're, we're in the sea. We're under the sea. Or we're in like an aquarium. It could be yeah. either. <laughs> Yeah, it's like there's sea life, there's um there's like leaves, sea leaves, 
Seelium seaweed? Seelies? Seaweed? Maybe seaweed or kelp? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, oh my God, who's under the sea? It's not Ariel Ariel the the Little Little Mermaid. Mermaid. (laughs) (laughs) It's Shane! Holy shit. Shane, fully clothed in the outfit she will be wearing this entire episode. (laughs) Also, who knew Shane could hold her breath underwater for ever? Years? (laughs) She's actually she's the secret Olympic swimmer of this. She should have been on Tim's swim team. This could oh have been a God. totally different story. I feel like her form would be very sloppy. Yeah. Another thing about this opening is that we immediately see one of her nipples. Wow, I didn't even catch that. Good job. Mm. Thank you. Yeah. Excellent work. Carly, and I have a gift for the world coming up now, which is, so the opening theme song begins, and there are some changes. Oh, the are there about, ever. <laughs> so the season for... It looks like the direction they took with season four is because there's going to be three new main characters that will be introduced this season, but none of them are introduced this episode. But they're all hinted at in the opening, which is so, interesting. In the very, the very, there's, um, hmm, there's 15 changes between last season's opening and this episode's opening. And Whoa. these are the changes. Oh there's my God, I'm, wait, of- I'm obsessed with this. <laughs> There's a close-up of Dana's face that now becomes a close-up of Bet's face. Dana jumping rope is now Shane seducing Jenny's ear. You know that that shot? Legendary shot. Motorcycle. Motorcycle scene is completely new. Last season, Alice was wearing like a black leather thing, these little hot shorts. Her hair was slicked back. She had there's a close-up of her wearing this blue ring, and obviously Dana was on the back. Now she has long hair. Um, the motorcycle is blue now. It was yellow before, and it looks like it's like maybe a smaller bike. I can't tell. Um, and she's wearing like she has different boots. She's wearing like a red and black plaid shirt, and her hair is longer. And in the original one, she kisses Dana on the cheek, which I hadn't even really caught because oh, yeah. I hadn't paused every single frame of the theme song because I feel like life is spiraling out of control, and this is all I have left so as you recall shane seducing jenny's ear was moved to the top to get rid of jenny dana jumping rope so now shane and jenny's ear is jody's art studio but Mm -hmm. no jody yet no jody yet dana and carmen in the pool chairs has been replaced with alice and helena in the pool chairs Wow. tina's face thank god replaced with alice's face shane and carmen in a back and forth is now bet sitting in a chair looking important um, obviously the assemblage of, of people all at once. So it's like there's a group scene that changes completely. Mm-hmm. Shane in a muscle tee pawing at Carmen is now Shane in a blazer with like a key necklace that never goes anywhere. <laughs> Although, you know, we could tie it back later in this episode. Um, <laughs> Carmen playing with a pearl necklace is now Shane with her hands together. Picture of Dana, picture of Shane. Carmen spinning is now the backs of Tasha and Poppy looking at art, but we don't yes. see their fronts yet. We don't see their faces yet. Dana and Alice cocking their heads at the art is now just Alice cocking her head. And hmm. then the group shot at the end is different. And instead of it being Jenny, Shane, Carmen on the couch um, with Carmen between them, Jenny is lying on Shane's lap. The end. And then who's in the, the fountain with the umbrellas? Um, that would be Ross, Rachel, oh. um, Monica, uh, Lisa Kudrow and um, Chandler. Did I say Joey? Chandler? Joey? Did we say Chandler? Joey? Anyway, that is a really good recap. I All I wrote was 
hinting at Jody, Poppy, and Tasha. And I'm really glad that you did the work here because I didn't. So then we are opening in Whistler. Yeah, we're still in Whistler. So it's like the next day. I guess so. Given what they're about to do, I'm assuming it's the next. Well, Bet leaves in the middle of the night with Angie. Right. Yeah. So is it in a mysterious car? In a in a car that she hot wired and stole. So like yeah. where? So is this just like the next morning afternoon, or do we think another day mm-hmm. is? But I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter. Yeah, a lot has happened though, and we are going to yeah. find out about all of it because this is an exposition scene. Welcome to extreme exposition. <laughs> um, they came there to do extreme snowboarding, but instead they're doing extreme exposition. <laughs> uh, so Alice is packing to leave. They're in Alice's room. We find out that Lara took a job in San Francisco. Yes. Kit's like, I can't find Bet. Right. Dana told Alice on her deathbed to make friends outside of their little orbit, <laughs> which she somehow connects to Lara. But also, like, that's the definition of having friends is having friends in an orbit. Apparently, they are, what, they're, what they're about to do, they're going to call it an intervention. But I wrote down it should be a bet intervention. <laughs> yeah. That's better than saying it's intervention because it's not. It's just calling someone on the phone. It's leaving a voicemail is what it it's is. It's just leaving a voicemail. Um, this, this scene is bad. Everyone mm-hmm. in it is doing a bad job. And this scene the is, bad. is bad. Max, Max is the only smart one here because he tries <laughs> to get out of this before it even starts. And he's like, I, I'm going to go. You don't need me for this. And they're like, you sit your ass down, Max. We are all yeah. going to leave a voicemail for bet together. It's the yeah. only way it's to like, get her to come to her senses. It's like she needs to know that we're behind her all the way. So then there seems to be like some discord, like basically that they're all saying they would support her. They support her having Angie as a baby kid child. <laughs> and then who comes in to this little intervention, which is them again, leaving a voicemail. But Tina. Capital T, Tina. Tina. Tina is mad. Runs into the room screaming, and it's honestly so good. <laughs> She's got a scarf. She's very mad. She yells. Tina might please and have your ass thrown in jail and ruin your brand new goddamn career, not to mention the rest of your fucking life. Which is not a great punishment because Bet loves jail. I think we all remember <laughs> that. And then True. she asks. Was she taking Jellica to fucking Timbuktu? How could she have gotten to Timbuktu? Listen. That quickly. It's been five minutes since she left. Yeah. She should have been like, did she take her to Another Seattle. part of Canada. Another Northern part of California. Canada. Yeah. Um, then we cut to where Bet is right now. She is in, she tells, okay, she's in like a restaurant. She's with Angie and she's talking to Joyce Wishnia, greatest lawyer mm-hmm. of all time on the phone. And <laughs> she is talking to Joyce, talking to Joyce. And then, oh, call waiting. Guess who it is? It's Bet's new boss, Phyllis, who we don't get to see yet, but we will very soon. And oh boy. <laughs> Bet is so excited for her new job. And, and she says that she's in Northern California on a road trip with her daughter. So yes, I do we take this at face value? Is she in Northern California? I think so. It does seem like so. that's where she is. Yeah. Maybe they're going to do a wine tour. Oh, Angie would love that. Angie would love that. For some reason in my memory, this took place in... Um, Mexico. Like she drove to Mexico, but I guess it's because she mentions Mexico. 
Yeah. She says that like she has friends who took their whole family to Mexico. Yeah. Her friend who's like an artist. Yeah. Is that where she asked for the sippy cup? Yeah. She's insufferably rude to the wait staff at this <laughs> restaurant. Can I get a sippy cup? Does anybody have a sippy cup? Jesus. Terrible. <laughs> I bet she left a Terrible. shitty tip. She's just, come on, bet. Get it together. Get it they together, don't deserve Then we cut to a completely different television show where completely the, different <laughs> the waves are rolling in on the shore and shane dramatically trudges out of the ocean <laughs> notices oh my phone died because i've been underwater, underwater <laughs> and throws her phone in the ocean dramatically the phone's already dead like you uh, that's okay <laughs> you've yeah. already swam with it but sure she should have put it in a bag of rice in the freezer so she wand kind of crawls out of the water gets onto the sand and we revealed that she is right outside sherry jaffe's beach house Mm -hmm. and she has legs she yes unlike the last time someone crawled out of the ocean confused (laughs) she is not a mermaid she does have her voice although she hardly uses it in this episode (laughs) so you could get confused there it is very similar to the little mermaid you could think ursula took it and she does have that crab who keeps following her around and talking to her in a Jamaican <laughs> accent. But other than yeah. that, it's very, very, very different. Yeah. Sherry is like, calls her a little freak, keeps calling mm-hmm. her a little freak. Cause so she's at Sherry's beach house and she's like, when are you going to fuck me? And then they do lines of Coke. Crazy little freak. So clearly Shane has been staying with Sherry Jaffe and they've in, in the like several hours since she, I don't know, swam out of, whistler like i don't what happened um yeah she swam yeah so shane is like really going through it for all the reasons we can assume from the finale of season three and it seems like sherry's getting kind of tired of her shit and just wants her like a little plaything. and yeah. shane is like going through some big stuff and this is just obviously headed for a complete disaster and yeah, she keeps calling Shane a crazy little freak. And then she also makes fun of Carmen and is super racist about it. Yeah, so that sure was is. fun. That was super fun. Yeah. There's a lot of like uh, racism in this episode and in, in, yeah. like, in like really insidious ways. Yeah. Now, okay. So I guess we've all left Whistler now. We're at LAX and Alice is trying to teach Helena how to be a normal person. <laughs> <laughs> right. Helena's confused about where her driver is, confused about carrying her own luggage. Mm-hmm. She insists that she is a practical person, but I have to tell you, I don't think she is. No, she doesn't know how to do anything. It turns out mm-hmm. it's going to be a rough road for Helena, even though I hate this whole thing. It makes me nervous. I still feel like she should have gotten a small allowance. Yeah. So now we're at Jenny's and we're in the shed. Tool shed time. And Carmen's left all of her very expensive, probably DJing equipment in there where she was doing some hot mixes. Oh, yeah. That's expensive stuff. Um, uh, I hope she gets that back real soon. Jenny is really mad at Shane, doesn't care how she feels. Max kind of defends Shane, but we're not really sure why. Like, Max doesn't have a reason for why Max is no, defending Shane. He's just like, you should have compassion for Shane. And then he's like, I mean, I forgave you. <laughs> and she's like, for what? <laughs> I haven't changed who I am, Max. Very pointed. Which, what? So, and- is she- is she upset about him transitioning or upset that he's been mean to her? <laughs> I hope it's that he's been mean to her. Right. 
But yeah, it seems like that she could be like, I don't have to forgive you for anything. You're the one who's been abusive. But instead, it becomes about his transition. Um, and yeah, she says like she supports him, but she doesn't think they fit together because he identifies as a straight man and she identifies as a lesbian who likes to fuck girls and he's not a girl. Which seems Which like is, a good reason to break up. That's that's a great reason to break up. Also, I would argue that they have zero in common outside of that as well. Like they, they yes. as as human beings are just not very compatible. Um, and he apologizes for freaking out on T, which is also something that happens in this scene, which, mm-hmm. I mean, we've already discussed um, how we feel about that storyline. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, then we go to Tina, who is someplace with Henry, and she's having a complete breakdown, and he thinks it's time to call the police. Right. She's like at Bet's. It seems like she's trying to get into Bet's house because she's like she changed the locks or something, which is like such a power move to have someone go change your locks while you're in Canada. Yeah, like did she? It's like unless she changed them before she left, which is so funny if that's what happened. <laughs> I'm sure that's not what happened, but like that would be much funnier. Did you notice that the music this episode was really bad, except for the one song they used, like the background music? Yeah, it like felt really different band. than yeah, it felt really different than what we're used to. Yeah, it yeah. felt like the things you the sounds you get for free with your video editing thing. Yeah, including definitely. in this scene. So Tina's like, "I want my baby," and I'm what? Like Henry needs to leave. Then um, Bet is staying at a motel. Yeah, like the Timberland Motel, and Kit is banging at the door. Yeah, how did Kit find Bet at the Timberland Motel? I don't know. Do you think Bet just just told her where she was? Because she's her sister. (laughs) Maybe called her and was like, hey, I'm at the Timberland Motel. (laughs) And she's like, oh, I know the one. Yeah, the one in northern, maybe northern-ish California. Yeah. She's like, you know, the one next to the vineyard. You know, the one by the Timberlake Motel. Yeah. Timberlake Motel (laughs) 2. Then Helena is back at her beach mansion, which, girl, enjoy that while you can. Um, (laughs) Who's that guy again? Her business manager, her lawyer. Who is this British man? Yeah, he's a, all in, he's a jack of all rich people, rich people trades. trades. <laughs> yeah, he's probably also like a surgeon and a chef. Absolutely. And he could definitely provide her with tests for coronavirus. <laughs> for sure, yeah. So he f- somehow found someone to take over her lease of the beach mansion. And she doesn't actually have a salary, as it turns out, at her movie studio job. She also probably doesn't have a movie studio job anymore. Yeah, um, I think the sum total of her accomplishments at the movie studio i think we're overfunding a documentary and getting sued for sexual harassment so she definitely doesn't have a job anymore peggy peabody her loving wonderful mother sold it before she left for a private island with marilyn first of all very happy for those two (laughs) right i am i wish them so much wellness me too i want them to just thrive and never, ever come back to Los Angeles for their own sake. Yeah, but they will. Oh, yeah. Um, so at this point, I don't even know if Tina has a job, but it looks like the studio has been sold and we don't know what's going on with that. Anyway, Helena is screwed. Then we go back to the Timberland Lake Mattel, uh, where Kit has morning sickness. Yeah. Bet is like watching things through the window and we find out that Angus made Kit an abortion appointment. Yes. One thing to note is that she throws up and then he is totally fine with kissing her after that. Oh, yeah. She's not happy about it. And I was very unhappy about it as well. Yeah, it's gross. Yeah. 
then we go to the planet. Alice has new hair mm-hmm. and we find out that Helena's only thing that she has for money is a credit card with a $3,500 limit. Yeah. Um, she says, you can't even buy a pair of shoes with $3,500. And then we find out that her shoes that she's wearing in that moment cost $14,000. So I don't know. Sell your shoes. Helena, how much expensive designer clothes yeah. do you think she has? She could sell all of it. She should just sell all of it. This is actually very simple. Like, that's the thing about if you're a rich person gets disinherited, sell your rich stuff. I've seen plenty of films. It's easy. Become yeah. a gold star seller on eBay. However, she can't sell her car because her mom repossessed it. Yeah. She also cannot pronounce the word Hyundai. <laughs> <laughs> and then Alice is like, look, you were so like generous with me in the past. Like, please move in with me and like, we'll figure it out. And Helena gets all teary eyed and says the first of many incredible lines of dialogue in this episode, which is, I had no idea it could feel this warm and fuzzy being cool. <laughs> Bravo. <laughs> Back to the sea ocean. Uh, Shane's drowning herself again. What is this? What's happening? That's it, right? I feel like every scene with Shane starts with her waking up either on the sand or in (laughs) Sherry's house. Like she's like every time we don't see her, she's like unconscious or under the water. And then every time we cut back, she like wakes up. She's got a lot of sea salt in her hair, I bet. Hey there. Did you know to Ellen Back is a part of autostraddle.com? Yes, I sure did. Autostraddle is the most popular website for LGBTQ women and non-binary people. Part of what allows Autostraddle to run is the A-plus membership, which is more than a membership. It's a community of friends that make Autostraddle possible. I know some of you who are listening are already supporting us, and for that, we are so grateful. I also know from our Best and Worst Moments survey that 78% of you are not A-plus members, and I would love if you could join. A-plus members care so deeply about building queer community that they put their fucking money on the table and make it possible for Autostraddle to exist. You know, it's kind of like other podcasts will be like, hey, support us on Patreon and you get stuff. Mm -hmm. And this is like our version of that, but it's not just for this podcast. It's for autostraddle.com as a whole. It is life-affirming, important, very needed. It's like the planet, but inclusive, representative of our community and on the internet. And unlike the $1 million pair to tart, A-plus starts at just a dollar a week. And I hope that you will join A-plus if you haven't already, because your support can help make sure that the writers and creators at Autostraddle can keep doing their amazing work, which is more important now than ever. Yes. So just go to autostraddle.com to become an A-plus member right now. Just do it right now. You can just do it right now. Do it later, but don't forget. You'll get a monthly newsletter, which sometimes contains really funny conversations we had about this podcast. So... And it's all on the website, so you can go read all of the past newsletters, too, once you join A+, which you're going to do right now. Hit pause. Sign up right now. Make sure we can keep doing our best queer gay work. So just go to autoshuttle.com, join A+, then come back and listen to this episode. Thank you so much. We love you. Goodbye. I mean, don't not goodbye. I mean, the episode is if this is at the beginning of the episode, then it's about to start. And if it's in the middle, then you've got half left. So don't don't leave for real. Yeah. Listen to the whole episode. Yeah. Listen to the whole... I mean, I don't... I feel like it gets pretty funny at the end. Then we go back to the planet. There's a poster for Jenny's book, Some of Our Parts. And I think that now... I have a question. Yes. How the fuck... Like, last time we saw Jenny, she had not turned in a draft. Well, there was... Remember, there was six... Oh, wait. There were six weeks between Dana's funeral and the Whistler wedding. Yeah. Not enough time still. So Jenny finished writing the book, Uh did all the notes... 
uh-huh. and they were able to get it published and marketed in the time uh-huh. in the six weeks and one day that it has been. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Six weeks and may- maybe a seventh week. We'll give them a seventh week. That's mm-hmm. impossible. Okay. I think that we should just take a moment to discuss our chart. Yes. I think it's a very important time to pause what we're doing and discuss a very important internet cultural phenomenon, our chart. So in 2007, the L word Showtime decided that they were going to capitalize on the success of the L word by creating their very own lesbian website, which was like in immediate competition with like after Ellen and what else exists? I guess it was just after Ellen at that time. I guess so. Yeah. And I believe that like um, Jennifer and Leisha were like partners or something in it. I think they so, had, yes. They had like everyone who ran it was named Beth for some reason. <laughs> um, they had a girl trash web series on there, right? Mm-hmm, I think so. I remember that. Some workout stuff. But the main feature of our chart um, was com. that it didn't work. <laughs> Correct. The site was broken 100% of the time. It never <laughs> worked. Never. Never. <laughs> And half of the of the homepage was always taken up with this big orange like ad for our chart, like yeah. over our chart. You you know what I'm talking about? And yeah. and like so and you could join it, right? Like we all joined it, obviously. Obviously. But but also no one actually was going to ask someone to verify that you had hooked up with them to be to share that information <laughs> with lesbians on the internet. Like no one <laughs> No one. The wanted. concept was so flawed. <laughs> it was such a terrible. Like, like it's it's a. We bought it in the show, but it is also ridiculous in the show. Like, no one would ever do that. That's terrible. It was ridiculous as a radio show. Like the fact that Alice was just going on a live broadcast on KCRW and just talking about who's fucking who in Los Angeles yeah. is crazy. Yeah. So we all joined it, and then we just connected with our friends. I think, which in reality, your friends are the people you fucked up with. So it, in that sense, it, it accomplished something. But Mm -hmm. yeah, it was supposed to be, I think it wanted to be almost like a dating site. And then it was like kind of settle for being like a tiny bit of content plus some social networking. But what happened was the site was so wonky and always broken. And they start, they launched it with like a bunch of content, like blogs and videos and stuff. And then they just never added more, if I remember correctly. Like at some point it just tapered off. It like slowed down. Like I wrote for them a few times. Mm -hmm. Linnea wrote for them a few times. Anyway, so in addition to the fact that we all had to suffer through the existence of this website, the entirety of season four is an infomercial for this for website, our chart. And this scene, I think, is actually one of the most egregious ones of all. This I wrote down so much of this scene, I almost <laughs> transcribed the whole thing because it is bonkers. Like, this is the craziest dialogue I've ever seen. <laughs> like, uh... So so Jenny says that they got it. They put an ad for her book on MySpace and then she put an ad on our chart. And Helen is like, how does it work? This chart of yours? I mean, I've I've never actually been on it. And she's and like, you've never been on our chart. Oh, my God. It's so much fun. You don't know what you're missing. Yeah. I, Jenny you knows tell about me it. Like, I'm just going to be a girl in a commercial right now. Like, I'm, <laughs> like, Jenny is obviously not part of the scene. I'm buying into whatever this is. I'm doing I'm, it for the. I am Mia Kirshner and I'm starring in this <laughs> commercial and I'm just going to do it and get paid. Yeah. Uh huh. 
So then they explain how um, our chart works. Yeah, I know. It's like a social networking site. For lesbians. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have to sleep with someone first? Well, I mean, when I first put it up, that was the core concept. Like, you know, Jenny slept with Tina, who slept with Annie. Who slept with Tina? No, I would never sleep with Tina. Hypothetical. (laughs) But like, you know, lesbians being lesbians, they started logging on and talking about themselves and, you know, the show. Yeah. And, um, but for me, it's always about the hookup page. Which again, gave people at home the false impression that our chart itself would work like that, which it didn't. Um, and also, you know, again, but the most important thing about seeing these hubs that, that Alice explains in excruciating detail is that we get to see everyone's astrological signs. That's the, yeah, the key takeaway from the scene is that we get three characters, astrological signs, Alice, Shane, and Poppy. I'll get to that Mm -hmm. in a second. So yeah, Alice gets into explaining this in the most excruciating detail as if we didn't just spend an entire season with over an entire season of her having a radio show with the same concept mm-hmm. um so that's fun and she says once you've slept with over 50 people you become a hub again nobody would want to participate in this type of activity <laughs> on Never. the internet this is so insane um shane wouldn't even have an account no shane shane of all people would yeah. not have, have ever signed up for this shane is a gemini Um, so, so Shane has slept with like, we know over a thousand people, right? Jenny says, yeah, look, do you, do you remember that Japanese girl that Shane slept with? Shane has hooked up with over a thousand people and only one of them like was Japanese. Oh God. Where do we even start? Then Jenny says, well, now the Japanese girl in Kyoto has her whole new solar system out there. Yeah. Yeah. I hate it. I hate, I hate this. I hate, I hate it. I hate it. Oh, wait, we skipped over when Alice talks about how there's like a constellation and then there's a hub. And then if you want to add someone to your constellation, you have to email the webmaster. Who is it? Who is the person that they are emailing? It's not Alice. And then, and then they get to Carmen. <laughs> also, by the way, like don't call, no one should ever refer to somebody as that Japanese girl. And then we have, Carmen is on here and her, she has her whole solar system in East LA. And then they name, like give two names that are like Latinx names. Yes. This is the first I'm hearing of Carmen having any social life outside of this group (laughs) of assholes. Um, So this is really interesting. She, she's uh, okay. Great. I wish we could have seen any of that. Also, where were they when she was buying a wedding dress? I'm just saying. Yeah. Where were they when she was at the wedding? Yeah. In Whistler. Exactly. Um, They could have all gone skiing for free. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Alice says they need to upgrade their servers because of so much traffic. I wish they'd upgraded the servers for their actual website. Yeah. I feel like they put that line in there to make up, to like let us know that the website was never going to work. (laughs) They're like, it's just like on the show. It's crashing because of Poppy. Right. Because they note there's a girl in Carmen's solar system who has more hits than Shane. Uh oh, controversy. And her name is Poppy, except that Alice says Pappy, right? And Alice will keep saying Pappy for a really <laughs> long time. And every time she says it, part of me dies. <laughs> so, if there's any cell in your body that still is functioning after that little advertisement, congratulations. Um, You're doing better congratulations. than me. Yeah. <laughs> wait, so wait, Shane is a Gemini, Alice is a Cancer, and Poppy is an Aries. And that is what mm-hmm. we learned from this scene. And that's really the only things we need to know from the scene. Right. That is. And yeah. I buy. I, Shane is a Gemini. I buy. 
Um, Poppy is an Aries I buy, and then I don't know enough about cancers to know if Alice is a cancer. So Max is at work at inject mode, and his <laughs> office looks like a room in someone's house. Like, it looks like a den. You have to call it that. You have to do that voice every time we go to Intech now. Okay. Let's go to Intech mode. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, definitely in, he's in a supply closet. Like, he, that is not anyone's office. That is not even in an office building. That is a room in a home. They're um, like, oh, wait, we have a Max scene this episode. Where are we going to film it? Do you want to just film it like in the that room over there? Yeah, let's just do that. It's like the Showtime production office where they produce the show out of. And they're like, yeah, we right. can just take all the tables out of this room real quick. Yeah, they moved everything right behind where the camera is. It's still yeah. in the room. But. <laughs> the room goes is a little bit bigger than what you're saying. So his boss comes in and he tells him something and he goes, thanks, boss. Which is <laughs> <laughs> no one's ever said. Oh, I love it. It's so good. Max reveals that he has broken up with Jenny and the boss is like, yes, yeah, you know, you seem like a really straight ahead person. And Jenny seems complicated. Complicated. I mean, <laughs> sure. And then he does an incredibly inappropriate thing for a boss to do to his employee, which is said that his daughter, Brooke, is coming home from Mount Lesbioak <laughs> and should go on a date with Max. Oh, dear. That's inappropriate. You can't pimp your daughter out to one of your employees. Uh, yep. Both sides of that are wildly inappropriate. They sure are. Speaking of inappropriate, <laughs> we go back to the office of the best lawyer of all time, Joyce Wishnia. I would say the only lawyer in West Hollywood, Joyce Wishnia, much like <laughs> Carmen was the only DJ in West Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, she is. She's the only one. Good luck finding your own, Tina. Uh <laughs> So Bet is returning Angie to Tina. Bet's crying. We're going to come back to that because first we're going to go to the L word being like, look, we have trans actors for five, I don't know, three minutes. At most three minutes. Yeah. It's Max at a support group for trans guys, um, mm -hmm. which I'm really happy to see Max meeting other trans guys. All right now, mm -hmm. all we've seen is him interacting with these like rich cis white women for the most part. Um, mm -hmm. Not not obviously not the whole cast is white, but they're all not like Max. And I feel like it's nice for him to have community. So this is this is good. Yeah. It's too bad it's the beginning and end of it. But yeah, um, we'll never see this again. Never um, again. <laughs> he's like, do you know where I could get more information? And admits he's been getting his tea on the black market and that his dose is 200 milligrams. And they're all like, oh, my God. And they're like, whoa, dude, do you have any friends left? And he's like, it's funny you should ask that. I hardly <laughs> do. But to be honest, I didn't really have any to begin with. So no, I actually just moved here and I fell in with the absolute worst group of people. <laughs> I think that this scene is the L word realizing that they really messed up last season by making Max too aggressive and they're yeah. trying to walk it back. I agree with you. I think this is a an attempt to write the course of things. But the only way to do that would be to make season three completely disappear and we can't do that. So no, we just lived through it. Yep. Oh my god! And then we go. I don't. Maybe. I mean, this is definitely my favorite scene of the episode. I think this is a great scene. Um, this is some masterful Joyce Wishnia nonsense. They're fighting, and Joyce is just like chill as hell about all of it. She is. She's ready for the case. She's ready. They're like, she's the one who did this. And she's the one who did this. And at one point, Bet says she's the one who went scampering back to the safety of white heterosexual privilege. And Tina's like, this is about the bravest thing I've ever done. I stand to lose all my friends who view me as some sort of turncoat. Excuse me? 
I have just so many questions for Tina. Like Tina, the rave little toaster over here dating Henry. Is Henry like the vacuum cleaner that might like eat them all up? Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. And of course, we know that biphobia is a huge problem on this show. Yes. But the fact that Tina is saying that going and dating Henry right now is the bravest thing she's ever done is utterly ridiculous. Yeah. Unless that is actually the bravest thing she's ever done, in which case... Sorry. Sorry? I don't know. I feel like having a baby by herself, like, (laughs) it was braver. I feel like escaping Joyce's guest room was braver. I feel like her making a little seashell uh, button castle on the beach was that was brave very brave yeah she's her, not that, her art is brave yeah um yeah her art is brave i think when she wore um <laughs> like blankets as shirts for an entire season that's brave incredibly brave joyce doesn't care she's excited this case will be a media bonanza yeah um and then there's the, the wonderful exchange because as you know we're going to be playing the race card it's not a card Something I know to be firmly and intrinsically true. Tina's not qualified to parent a biracial child. Oh, yeah. And I was qualified to live and sleep with one for eight years. Obviously, you weren't qualified for that either. That is incredible. It is. Points were made. You know? (laughs) Everyone made made some points there. So we realize they 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 go to a wide shot and we realize that angelica is like just sitting in the middle (laughs) of this screaming toxic argument, which is so upsetting. Yeah, like, oh, remember, there's a child here. And Tina's Mm -hmm. like grabs Angie, tries to leave. Joyce like physically blocks her from the door and goes into this incredible speech about how, yeah, okay, great. We're going to trial. This is going to be a media circus. You're going to need a better lawyer, Tina. I wish Johnny Cochran was still alive. (laughs) Um, And just goes on and on and basically is trying to like scare them into getting the fuck over whatever this is and just like going trying to like be civil with each other realizing that like what this is going to turn into and what it's going to do to angelica yeah um it's funny it's pretty funny and i think actually a decent tactic to use against the two of them because i don't know what else would have worked then we go back to shenny's and max is talking to jenny about how he found a doctor and found out he's been on too much tea but Jenny doesn't really care because there's someone at the door. It's Claude. And it's Claude. <laughs> Her little sushi smoke friend from the ski place is there for some lady loves. They start making out immediately right in front of mm-hmm. Max. It's I thought it was hilarious. Also, there's a moment when Max goes to open the door and when Jenny runs upstairs and you see that his pants are crazy. They're these like crazy like wide leg khakis. They're the craziest pants. Wait, are they the ones with all the pockets? No, no, no. I, I, I mean, maybe. I didn't notice any pockets. It just looked like khaki pants that like the when you're in like a medium shot, they look normal. And then when you go to the full length, sh- full body shot, there's like almost a bell bottom happening at the bottom. It, it's totally unexpected. I feel like Max's fashion is like business on top, Vance Warped Tour on the bottom. <laughs> wow, that is... Perfect. <laughs> Perfect you know? description. They might have been Jinkos. Like maybe they were Jinkos. <laughs> they probably were. Yeah. Then um, we go to Bettina's. <laughs> Although I guess it's just Betty. But Bet's now. Go to Bet's house, I guess. Again, let's just reiterate. Tina has been dating Henry for two months. Yeah. Tina and Henry are picking up Angelica. And, and uh, Angus are there and they're like packing up all her stuff. 
And basically what we come to find out is the current arrangement is that Angie will spend a few days with Mama T and then a few days with Mama B on and on until she's old enough to murder them both in their sleep. Yep. And that Angus will not be providing his services to the Henry, Henry Kennard family, just to the Porter family because his band, um, his band just released a demo on MySpace. And so he's really he's busy like, with record exec meetings. He's really busy. He's really he busy. Yeah, he can't do that. But luckily, Hazel, Hazel, Henry's sitter, will babysit for both of them. Which means that Tina assumed that there would be two nannies with each, like a nanny per child at their house. That is a tight one-to-one ratio of nanny that to is, child. That's that luxury. is so unnecessary. It is. Like she assumed that they would have two nannies. Like what, bitch? What are you doing? Yeah, two mommies, two nannies. That's the the way that we live. Also, there is the the weirdest part of the scene is at the end when Bet's like, "Are you still using iCloud?" Yes, this is my favorite. I wrote it down. Okay, <laughs> so Bet offers to type up a schedule, and she says, "Are you still using iCal?" And Tina says, <laughs> "Yeah." And Bet says, "Okay, well then I'll do it in iCal." <laughs> and that is the fucking dialogue. <laughs> like more. what? <laughs> I hope she's moved to Google Calendar and Gen Q. I really think we need some clarity on this. Right. Yeah. Oh my God. Wow. Let me go to KCRW. Because Alice is still employed. Somehow. She says that 1,377 people have linked themselves to Poppy and that crashed their server. And she doesn't know where Poppy is. So here we have a white person asking this. Putting the putting it out in the world. There's a person of color out there I'd like to meet if they could if they could just do the work and find me. If I would they could just identify it. themselves and contact me yes. via email or phone. Yeah. And, and the whole could... time she calls her Pappy, and I just yeah. I'm I'm a, a ghost at this point. She says, How do you do that thing you do? And I hate it. And then you can kind of see Leisha's soul crumple into her body when she has mm-hmm. to put her hands on the on glass. The glass. And go, where's Pappy? Oh, it's brutal. No one deserved that. No one deserved that. No. Back to Sherry's. Back to Sherry's Malibu beach house. And <laughs> there is the worst party happening at her house. <laughs> Every person there looks insufferable. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of looks like Shane has a headache. At the very least, yes. Yeah. There's um, more free comes with final cut music here yeah yeah like garage brand originals it truly feels as though their budget for like background music was cut by 90 percent. yeah there was been Um, crazy music in all of these things she keeps calling shane a little freak it the whole thing is shot handheld so it's really chaotic to try to you know get you into shane's where shane is in her head but it's also just hard to watch um, there is both a DJ and a band, and the band <laughs> involves a very goth-looking girl playing an electric guitar with a bow. I was like, is she hallucinating? I, I actually thought she might be, because if I ever hallucinated a party, it would probably look like that. I'd be like, <laughs> get me out of here. It's like a battle of the bands, but it's a band battling a DJ. <laughs> and Sherry brings Shane some coke. So She's like, you gotta wake up. Do, do the coke. Wake up. Yeah, And then and someone should be like, Shane, you smell like... The Dead ocean and B.O. and death. <laughs> yeah. 
You smell um, like someone who fled their wedding and then <laughs> tried to drown themselves 10 times, did a bunch of coke, fucked Cherry Jaffe, <laughs> and hasn't changed her outfit since last season. Is that the outfit she was supposed to get married in? Are we too Absolutely, soon? yes. Yeah. Absolutely it is. Um, a girl comes up and like hits on Shane and then Sherry is super mean and Shane leaves. Leaves right. the scene at least. Then we go to Shenny's where Jenny is looking in the refrigerator for a little snack. They, like she's wrapping the sheet because they've obviously just been making love, making French love all afternoon. Yes. And if, ap- appropriately, Claude is wearing an oversized white men's button up shirt. Which yes, is the official outfit of the scene, of course. If you, yeah. Yeah, One's wrapped in a sheet and one is wearing the men's work shirt. That's yes. just how it works. And also, that's really hot when a girl is just wearing a men's button-up white shirt and nothing else. Yes. Yes, it is. Yes. I prove. Jenny's like, all I have is caviar and creme fraiche. Okay. All right. Relax. Relax. Yeah. <laughs> we get it. You went to a Whole Foods once. Relax. Calm down. <laughs> the option to calm down exists at all times. <laughs> And Don't they, tell this show. They have no idea. <laughs> and then they make out on the floor with cream. Sure. Maybe some stale right. crackers are involved. I don't know. Quick cut to Angus and Kit going to get an abortion. The lady, uh, receptionist lady, keeps looking at them in a very weird way as she hands them the clipboard to fill out their forms. And I don't know about you, but I could already tell where this was going. Yep. We go back to Sherry's. Shane yes. cannot locate her keys. Uh, Sherry <laughs> points she... <laughs> out that she came in a cab from the airport. So that's probably why she can't find her car keys. She's like, what What car? <laughs> like, so then Shane swipes the keys to Sherry's BMW and pieces out. Yeah. She finds them in the citrus bowl, which is a normal place to keep your that's keys. That's a normal place for keys. And then we cut right to the mean streets of L.A. where Shane is just joyriding in Sherry's car. Yeah, like just cruising. Swerving. It's bananas. Um, then we hmm. go to back to Kit. Oh, boy. Angus is bad at his job of being a boyfriend who made the abortion appointment. Like, Angus, have you ever heard of Planned Parenthood? Because Angus, have you heard of a Google has. search? Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, what? 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 This is 100% Angus's fault. Yes. He can't be trusted making doctor's appointments for anybody. Next no. time she has like a skin rash, he's going to send her to like a dentist. Yeah. Be like, she'll be like, it's, I said dermatologist. And be like, they both started with a D. <laughs> I mean, so, they all went to med school. Kit's at one of those terrible fake abortion clinics where they yell at women who come in for abortions and show them horrible imagery and try to get them to pray. And it's terrible. And she freaks out appropriately and escapes. And it's, unenjoyable to watch yeah it's unnecessary yeah. it's weird it's Did also we weird that this? she's like she's like i gotta get out like she's like yelling at them she doesn't even want to get her clothes but like they're not they're actually like the whole thing is they are not doing anything to her like that's been established they're not doing anything to her so i don't know why she's like gonna just leave her clothes and shoes behind and run out in a hospital gown like no one is touching her no one is trying to like they're saying upsetting things obviously right but but like there's no they're, they are very specifically denying to do any medical procedures on her. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I anyways, get it. I'd I be guess, like, get me the fuck out of here. You guys <laughs> yeah, are that's crazy. Fair. This is very traumatic and I need to leave. And we all got to see a, a pro-life abortion presentation. So Which was really great. Thanks. Could have been or an email. Tight choice. This meeting could have been, been an email. email. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Then, with more good decisions, Shane pulls up outside of Carmen's house looking for Carmen, and her big, strong cousins throw her the fuck out. Of course, Shane, what are you doing? Get the fuck out of there. No one wants to talk to you. You're lucky you didn't get the shit kicked out of you at this point. Correct. Then we go to Shenny's, where Max is just walking around aimlessly because he (laughs) has no interests. And then uh, he walks by Jenny's room, where she's tied to the bed, and Claude is on top of her with a whip. And they're both in lingerie. And mm-hmm. I remember this image very well. It's very good. I do too. I, I think it's a nice image. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's a little rough on Max. You know, they broke up yeah. yesterday. Yeah. And they uh, didn't even have the door shut. Like he just kind of walked mm-hmm. by and the door was just already open. <laughs> that was actually very bizarre. Like that was why in the world would the door be open? Because it's Jenny. They don't give a shit. Jenny has like completely changed personalities in like the like the last yeah. like since the begin since the very end of the episode. This is like a there, there's like something about Jenny that is different. Yeah, there is. Yeah. And we'll see it. Oh, this oh, is, will we? <laughs> this is when she starts going really off the rails in a way that's sometimes entertaining and sometimes a little bit extra. Then we go um, back to the mean streets. God. So Shane stops at a liquor store, gets back in the car. She's drinking in the car. The only good song of the episode starts playing. It's La Disco yeah. by this band Shiny Toy Guns, which watching this today reminded me that I used to love the band Shiny Toy Guns and now I'm going to have to listen to them again. And she's speeding and she's driving erratically on the 101. Um, and swerving and honking. I want to say I'm glad they actually shot this in LA. Yeah. That was good of them to actually travel to LA for the for this episode. Um, all the I stuff think they in shot like Sherry East- scenes in LA too or in Malibu. Yeah, and like the stuff at Carmen's house is obviously LA. So yeah. yay. Um, and then, of course, she crashes. She's in shock. She's covered in blood, trying to <laughs> hobble away from the scene. Like a crowd of people gather. They're all worried about her. A man's calling 911 and she's just like in shock and walks away. Yeah, it's wild. And the man's like she left her BMW here. Yeah, um, <laughs> this is inexcusable behavior from Shane <laughs> yeah. to drink and drive. It's like very bad. No, not it's cool. Really not fucking cool bad. And also. Is she just going to walk across the highway? Yeah, this is... What are you doing? So I guess what we are to believe is that she walks off the 101 and then takes Uh the rest of the episode to walk back to West Hollywood to her house. We know this because we will, as the rest of the episode plays out, we will continue to cut back to her as it gets later and later in the night, (laughs) still covered in blood, still smoking a cigarette, limping down the street, no one saying a word. Something that drives me nuts. It drives me bananas in... um, in TV shows and movies when somebody gets bloody from something and then they don't wipe it up for yeah. the entire that film makes or me episode. Upset as well. Yeah. I find it irritating. Mm-hmm. Um, again, now she probably, now she smells like oil and liquor too. So she's probably really, she rank. does not smell good. <laughs> yeah. Probably her friends will be able to start smelling her and we'll see. She gets within like a hundred miles. Yeah. When she's in the neighborhood, they'll smell her. They'll be like, something strange is happening. And then like, she'll get home and they'll be like, oh, she's also absolutely going to get a yeast infection. Then we go to, (laughs) I guess they're setting up for Jenny's book party. Um, Jenny's reading her Publishers Weekly review, which that's realistic because that's like a big Publishers Weekly review of your book is very important for its success. I love that she's gathered her friends to read it out loud. And she's like, the look on her face, she's like feeling it, feeling herself. And then the last part of it is that uh, the reviewer calls her shamelessly self-indulgent portrait of herself. And then her face falls and it's, why would you cold read your own <laughs> book review out loud? 
Also, it was all positive except for that. Yeah. Like, Jenny, it's like she is self-indulgent. If someone reviewed a book of mine and said all those nice things, then ended by saying it's self-indulgent, I'd be like, accurate. Thank you for your positive review. Yeah, Jenny, you are a very self-indulgent person as a general thing. So the fact that your book about your life is self-indulgent should not be that shocking. And don't take it as an insult. Plus, the rest of the review was wonderful. Yeah. Um, so, so, okay. Uh, <laughs> now we get to... What? what? I don't know. One of the greatest moments in television history? <laughs> Would you agree? I would absolutely agree. I think about it at least once a week. Alice and Bette are helping Kit move some chairs around, and they're talking mm-hmm. about the sham clinic that Kit mm-hmm. went to. Mm-hmm. And then, Reese, I'm going to let you have this. <laughs> Go for it. I think, uh, I believe, like, Kit says she wants to burn it down. Yes. And then Bette Porter, apropos of something, but really nothing. But nothing. Um, pounds a folding chair on the ground and goes... Bet Porter. Bet Porter, who would later run for mayor of Los Angeles. Bet Porter slams a cheap folding chair on the ground and screams, arson, arson. I remember highlighting it because this is the season I started recapping. I remember highlighting it in my recap as a mm-hmm. as a moment. Even then I could recognize that this moment, like many moments in this episode, this episode is like 10 different bad movies kind of yeah. crammed into one <laughs> and episode some of with the a commercial. Most, and the most bonkers dialogue I've ever heard. Yeah. It's great. Absolutely. Um, someone says, why don't you just do a Planned Parenthood benefit? Um, which seems like a good idea. Yeah. And then I don't remember anyone ever in the rest of this episode finishing that conversation. No. <laughs> Once Beth screamed arson, arson, it was over. Yeah. You know. Then we, we go to the bar. Helena's ordering water because she's poor now. And right. Tina and Henry are standing there with this like look on their faces. And Tina's like, um, oh, are um, you just going to like ignore us and like move away from us now? What do we have a cootie? And I was like, okay, cootie can only be used in the plural. Uh-huh. It's illegal to use cootie in a singular. Therefore, <laughs> Tina should be arrested. Yeah, Tina should be arrested. And I don't think Helena was ignoring them. She no. physically did not see them. I didn't see them. Did you see them? I didn't see them. I didn't see them. Helena didn't see them either. And also Helena's kind of in her own head about what's happening in her own life. And I don't think she gives two shits about what's happening with Tina and Henry and how they feel no. super excluded. Yeah. I also, I don't recall Helena saying anything biphobic ever. Uh, I, I mean, I don't, nothing's coming to mind. I don't think of her when I think of the very biphobic characters on the show. Yeah. She says she doesn't care. She hugs and kisses them. And I think genuinely doesn't care. No, I don't think uh, she cares at all. And also they're, ex-lovers and co-workers and they seem to have become good friends so the fact that tina's mm-hmm. turning on someone who actually might be maybe her only ally in the group is inspired so they then helena's like did you get the call and tina's like yeah i got the call this man aaron aaron cornbluth is about to become their <laughs> new boss at the studio and yeah. then helena as she grabs her eight waters and leaves goes <laughs> a fellow irishman no doubt and then tina and henry are like was that anti-semitic I think that might have been anti-Semitic. I hope that wasn't anti-Semitic. Okay, what the fuck is going on? I, I first of all, who's Jewish? Is Henry Jewish? I love that Tina cares. Does Tina care about anti-Semitism all of a sudden? Like, does she care about things? <laughs> like, maybe Henry is, is Jewish. We don't know that he's Jewish. Um, I actually Henry's tried not- to do some research on this to see if there was something here. And the yeah. only thing I could find was that, like, historically Brits hate the Irish 
Uh-huh. That is the only thing I could find. It would be so random for Helena to suddenly become someone who did anti-Semitic microaggressions towards any, I, anyone, <laughs> let alone I someone just, who's not Jewish and someone who might be Jewish. Right. <laughs> this is the most confused. I don't know what was happening here. And truly. I feel like if Helena did, if she was, if by a fellow Irishman, she meant like a fellow Jewish person. I don't think she would have meant it as like a dig. I think she doesn't have any awareness of what's okay to say and not because she's no. lived in a bubble. I think it was some kind of weird like British thing. Mm-hmm. And this was so completely confusing. I had completely forgotten about this too. Like this was... Yeah, me too. I was like, this was in here? What? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. More Shane covered in blood limping down mm-hmm. the streets of Los Angeles. Okay, then another insane thing happens at this book event. Kit gets on stage. She's introducing Jenny and she's giving her like really glowing words about the book and what a wonderful person Jenny is. But then the crowd, there's a little, there's a little wrestle in the crowd. There's a little unrest in the crowd. There's a little unrest because there's a tall lady wearing a fedora skulking (laughs) through the crowd, pulling focus from Jenny. Mm -hmm. And then... Kit looks up to see what is who is this dark stranger who's weaving her way through the crowd, attracting attention. It's Marina. Oh, yeah, it is. And Kit says, oh, my God. Girl, where you been? Kit abandons the stage and goes to hug Marina. As if everyone at this event knows who that is and wouldn't Uh be utterly confused. Yeah. Also Um, completely just upstaging Jenny's moment and her face is priceless. Yeah. Then she answers some questions. Marina answers some questions. She does a Q&A in the crowd. She does a Q&A with the crowd. We're doing a pre-show Q&A for somebody who this event has nothing to do with. Yes. Um, Except that she's probably in the book. Oh, for sure. And also the whole main cast of characters seem to have all this affinity towards Marina when I don't remember that being a real thing. Yeah. So we learn that Marina is there on a work trip and she's staying at the Bel Air so she can face her demons. Of course. Because allegedly that's where she tried to kill herself in last season, I guess. Sure. Um, Also, I would like to say that Sex and the City did this better. (laughs) Well done. Well played. Yes. They did. They did. did. Yeah. When Mr. Big came to Carrie's reading. Yeah. If you want to see how to do that plot correctly, that's how you do it. Okay. I think it would have been um, so much more interesting to just have a moment where Jenny's like up there getting all this praise and then she actually starts her own event where she says a few words and looks out in the crowd and suddenly realizes that yeah. this person who dismantled her is in the room. That yeah. would have been so and, much more and she, Because she effective. asks a question. Because Mr. Big asked a question right, about exactly. his character in the book and Marina could ask a question about her character and then that would be interesting. Mm-hmm. But Jenny looks like season one Jenny. Like her face is like, mm-hmm. oh my God. Um, me for Mia. Yeah. And then, um, and, and then, <laughs> then this is so weird. Marina's like, I feel like I'm interrupting something. Ladies and gentlemen, Jenny Schechter. And you're just like, wait, yeah. what? Who are yeah. you? Like, ugh. Oh, wait. She's also, in full shape-shifting mode. Wait, is this the scene? Where, yeah. Kit twice in the scene says, ladies, ladies, ladies and gentlemen. She says that <laughs> twice. <laughs> what? What? Okay. Sure. So then um, we skip on past the reading to get to the after. Right. We get a shot of Shane limping. We come back. Mm-hmm. And this is the scene where I wrote, I know Reese will have notes on this, so I am <laughs> skipping it. So have at it. Okay. So Claude has some questions about Marina. 
Jenny doesn't really want to answer them, but she does say that Marina was her first. Um, then Marina gets to the front of the line. Marina is such a like smarmy mm-hmm. bitch. Mm-hmm. Um, and she says, again, criminal, illegal action, illegal speech. What she's about to say is not protected by the First Amendment. And mm-hmm. she it does, should get a citizen's arrest. For saying, your story's wonderful, beautifully written, and reminds me of Dorothy Allison with the Sheik of Mary Gateskill. These are two of my favorite authors. This is the second time she's been compared to Mary Gateskill. Um, Burke Honards did it before. I believe this is the second time she's been compared to Dorothy Allison. This is unfair and wrong, and also every single fucking time they compare it to an author, it's always one of my favorite authors. Always. This is a, a, a specifically a direct attack at you. Yes. You guys, like, I don't, I've never met anyone who loves Mary, oh, wait, one person who's met, who loves Mary Gates School as much as I do. Like, I fucking, like, love her. With my, and Dorothy Allison. Mm-hmm. Um, then Marina's like, that review compared you to Truman Capote and, uh, is it Claude that, re- that, Yes. is like no they compared her to holly golightly that's different and marina's like better don't you think and it's not um <laughs> marina says that she's proud of jenny and asks if she's well she's being so cocky and like, oh yeah and like and like i know that i'm upsetting you i know that you're i'm ruining your event i know that i'm dismantling you and i'm relishing in this in this oh, experience yeah. she is like in jenny's head and just like when your dog comes in from like being out in the rain and just like rolls around on everything and just like fucks it up. That is what Marina is doing inside of Jenny's brain. So then we find out that um, Marina has a perfectly normal job at this time, which is that she is touring with a group of dancers and their benefactor. I raised the money and find the theaters and they're very unusual. Okay. We're going to get back to that later in the season. Is it Cirque du Soleil? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, just is this, someone should be like, is it Riverdance? Be honest. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Is it Celtic Woman? Some of them? <laughs> is it the Nutcracker? Be honest. <laughs> uh, and then Claude asks Jenny if she could ask Marina if they could have sex with her. She, she turns to Jenny and goes, Do you think she'll have sex with us? <laughs> could you ask? Oh. <laughs> That was my really good French impression. I yeah, no, I believed it. I believed yeah. you studied in Paris, even. even I you did not. <laughs> <laughs> then more Shane. Shane's Limping walk around. of Shane. <laughs> Shane's walk of Shane. Um, then, and then I guess we're at the Bel Air. Yeah, somehow. I think that they didn't show us how this happened because they didn't there know is, how in the world this would happen. They, <laughs> they were like, we need this to be the final scene. However, we do not know how to get there. Therefore, we just will just show nothing. We'll just be there. Sure. So they're going into Marina's hotel. Um, and it seems like Jenny's kind of like medium on it. And mm-hmm. Claude is like DTF. Yeah, raring to go. Marina, I think so. Then she starts hooking up with Marina. Marina is talking in French. Oh, yeah. There's Italian? a lot of French uh the 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 subtitle said it was french i think okay she's talking in french everyone's talking in french jenny looks like she wants to die a little bit yeah like she looks miserable Mm -hmm. and i legitimately had a moment here in this scene where i actually felt for jenny i thought you'd be proud of me for that i am proud of you i do think it's like 
a rare moment this season when we actually see her as a real emotionally full person. Yeah, that's going to be few and far between. And then she says, well, my New York Times review goes up at midnight, so I got to go. You should stay, Claude. Okay, bye. (laughs) Yeah, Marina like puts her hand on Jenny's face and Jenny is like, no. Is that the last we see of Claude? Yeah. So she leaves Claude with her. I hope she goes home and like steals Claude's clothes from her suitcase. Um, yeah, yeah, she, like she, has, really she, she has to go home because her New York Times review will be posted at midnight. But it's obviously more that like having a threesome with this woman who like destroyed her is uh, a terrible idea. And I am. She could just I'm masturbate proud at home. Jenny for realizing that. <laughs> yeah. Proud of her for realizing would. that was a terrible idea. Yeah. Correct. All right. So here's where things get even more ridiculous. <laughs> Shane, having walked all the way to West Hollywood from wherever she was on the 101 in her car accident, Uh finally gets home. She's looking for her spare key. And we see that someone is lurking on the porch. It's none other than Carla, Shane's stepmother, that we've only seen one time previously in the finale of season three. Shane says, I'm sorry that Gabe let you down and made you think you could change him. Carla's just been lying on the floor. Carla is very upset because Gabe left her for the floozy. I, none of this makes sense. Um, and then Carla says she left Mm-mm. Shane a gift on the back porch. So here's what the gift could be. Mm-hmm. A giant teddy bear, a box of meat, different kinds of meats like Bet, Bet had when she came home. Okay. Yeah. It could be definitely. a mobile. Like could a, be. For a nursery. Yeah. Um, it could be some books. It could be some something books. from... It could be like maybe she went to wax and mm. got some of Shane's hair product for Shane as like kind of right. like a fun gag gift. It could yeah. be a, a vest that you could gig in. Yeah. It could be. I'm sorry. Did I say wax and not do the guitar riff? You know what? Yeah, We're going to leave that. In, let's leave that in season three. Everyone loves it. All right. Fine. <laughs> it could be um like an Amazon box that just has like a toothbrush in it, but they sent it in a really big box. Oh, uh, Yes. They do that. So it could be all kinds of things. But unfortunately, it's not any of those things. So Shane first like walks through the house where there's like a sex mess everywhere. <laughs> sex mess. That's so and funny. She gets yes. a fridge. She gets a beer from the fridge, opens up the back door, and the present is a human child. <laughs> not a baby either. Like no. how old is how old was Shay? I don't know, like eight. Ten, eight? Like yeah. a full child. A full, yeah, a full grown child um, (laughs) with their whole, he has a whole life and experiences and I don't understand. (laughs) I don't understand this to the degree that I thought this whole time, I remembered it as Gabe leaving Shay, not Carla. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't really remember how Shay showed up, honestly. Like, I know that they did this storyline because Kate Manning told Eileen Shaken, she wanted to do something like this. Like she wanted to have Shane like have to raise a child for some reason because she wanted to do like a more like something with her role that went beyond like the romantic and sexual stuff. You know, I'm not sure how specific she got about that, but I know that that was sort of the impetus. Um, but I do think they could have set it up a little better. What parents would do that? Like, what the fuck is Carla doing? <laughs> What is Carla's life like outside of of what's his face? Gabe? Is that it? Yeah. 
Like she doesn't have any family, any friends, anything. She had to come to see Shane, who she just met for like two seconds and went to her, saw what a mess she was when she didn't show up to her own wedding. This was her idea. Yeah, it's so ridiculous um, and weird. And it will be an interesting journey for Shane, but it's still so Mm -hmm. random. It doesn't really make sense because it doesn't, why anything? Um, And then Shane, (laughs) who, by the way, still has blood on her face. If I was going to like yeah. leave my kid with someone, first of all, I wouldn't. Second of all, I wouldn't describe <laughs> Second of all, I'd make sure they weren't covered gift. in blood. <laughs> Third, if they came home reeking of alcohol, seawater, mommy sex, cocaine, <laughs> citrus keys, cocaine. car accident, and had blood all over their face or wearing the same outfit I saw them in when I last saw them three days ago, <laughs> I would not leave a child with that person. So then Shane's reaction to this is to run out onto the Sunset Boulevard, which is a little bit of a trek from from her home. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. yell. Carla! It's a very streetcar named Shane situation. <laughs> right. Uh, oh, Carla had called, it turns out. But, you know, Shane's phone was in the, the ocean. Sea. Yeah. And that's the episode. Season four really is like, hey, what's up? I'm season four. I'm here and I'm going to fuck you up. <laughs> That's season four coming in hot. Yeah. Uh, I was shocked to learn that my friend Kayla, this is her favorite season. It was not, definitely not my favorite. It season. might be my favorite season. Really? It's possible. Well, I mean, I think I look back on season four as like having a lot of episodes that I like in it, like at least mm. two episodes that I can. Mm-hmm. I think I just I don't think I have a favorite season is the problem, because I don't think there's one season of the show that is worthy of being called a favorite. <laughs> That's <laughs> I, the problem. Season, I would say season one for me would be season one, season five, season two, season oh, yeah, four, season fun. three, season six. I think. I liked season four more than you did for sure. Yeah. But also I'm about to rewatch it and it's very possible that I'm going to hate it. So let's <laughs> go on this journey together. Yeah. Cause I'm also not sure if part of my feelings about it were affected by the fact that this is when I started recapping, which involved a lot mm-hmm. of like really analyzing it a lot, mm-hmm. but it was ages ago. So I don't really remember what I said, but like, yeah. and also that it became a huge part of my life. And I was annoyed because I had so much to say about the earlier episodes and I was like, Rarr. I think it was like they add so many people to the cast this season. Yes. Um, and it gets a little in like, wild in one fell swoop too. They don't like gradually really. I mean, Tasha comes later, but like they kind mm-hmm. of are just like, yo, what's up? Here's Phyllis. Here's Jody. Here's Poppy and Shay. And then it's like just, it Oh yeah. Paige. Season. I love her. Yeah. They yeah. do bring, they bring in a few, like I love Kristana Loken. Who's going to be in the season. I love Tasha. Who's love the season. I love Jody. Love Jody. Um, Poppy is incredibly problematic. Um, and yeah. I guess we'll get into that. We sure will. Um, so is there anything that you remembered about this differently than when you first saw it or felt differently about this season? I don't, I don't remember seeing this. Remember. <laughs> I remember moments from this episode, but I don't remember like a feeling about the premiere episode really. Yeah. And in retrospect, I- I'm like, wow. It was really setting it up to be crazy. Yeah. It had no sex scenes. Unless you count Jenny and Claude. Which was like but, 
probably everyone was really excited to see Marina. That's true. People seem to like Marina a lot. Well, we did it. Here we are. We did it. We did it on the internet. We did it. And this is how we'll be doing this for the unforeseeable future. (laughs) Yes. What a time. What a time. Um, All having. All right. So if you want to connect with us and with the show, you could follow the show. It's to Ellen Back. You could follow Auto Straddle, which is Auto Straddle. You could follow Reese, who's Auto Win. You could follow me. I'm Carly Tron. Um, we also have an email address to Ellen Backcast at gmail.com. We've got a hotline, 971-217-6130. We've yeah. got merch, store.autostraddle.com. We've got shirts, stickers, cute stuff. You really should follow us on Instagram because we're like really, really close to 5,000 followers. So oh, close. And once we get to 10, we get the swipe up on stories. Yeah. You so should follow step us. It up. We're all pod people now anyway. We want the swipe. That's how we, we want the, We want that swipe. We're heading for this. That yeah, sweet, we're only sweet on the internet. swipe spot. Our theme song is by B. Sedwell. Our logo is by Kara Sykes. And this podcast was produced and edited by Lauren Karen Klein. Time for the first L words of season four. One, two, three. Lemon keys. Los Angeles. <laughs> What'd you say? I said lemon keys because that's Shane's keys smelled like lemons. So they're lemon keys. That's different I said from Los, lemon. I said lemon. I said Los Angeles. That's, yeah, that's good. That's yeah. where it's set. That's where the show's set. So that's like, that's cute. And they actually like shot some of it in Los Angeles. And I'm in Los Angeles yeah. right now. Which and is I'm in Los Angeles also too. where I've been for every episode. But I felt like talking about it right now. Yeah. Now we're really in Los Angeles because we're really just in our homes. Mm-hmm. really in it we're just really and that's the real los inside. angeles experience yeah it sure is athleisure indoors oh yeah i'm wearing a flannel shirt but i'm also wearing joggers yeah i normally work from home but during this i have gone off the rails in terms of uh work from home behavior like yeah I, yeah I, same. I have worn it's, jeans uh, in two weeks I only wear jeans when I leave the house. And then when I'm in the house, I put my sweats back on. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. Um, okay. Bye. Bye, guys. Love um, you. Stay, stay safe out there like, inside. If you can. Yep. Yeah. Shelter in place. Shelter in place. It's the cool thing to do. This is the way. It's the way.